Hello, happy locker room clean-out day. For today's episode, we're going to go into what some of the players said to the media, especially Chris Letang and Evgeny Malkin. We're going to get into some injuries that the Penguins had during the playoffs. I know Jason Zucker did not um, specify what it, his was, but I poked around a little bit, and I, I think I have enough intel to tell you all what he was dealing with, and believe me, it was uh, quite a lot to say at least if it was indeed true. And, of course, we can talk to you. Um, well, I'll give my thoughts on what Mike Sullivan said in a couple of reports yesterday that seem to be, I guess, debunked a little bit right now. So very locker room clean-out day-centric episode today. Let's get right into it. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all the platforms. So, locker room cleanout day. For the Penguins, this is the final time that these players will be speaking to the media until next year. Well, at least the players that are going to be um, on the team. You know, just a lot of players. They, I mean, let's just start with the big ones. I'm getting Malkin and Chris Letang. I'll start here with uh, Gino. Um, you know, definitely gave off, <clears throat> excuse me, some some weird vibes from what he was saying. Um, that, you know, he even said, he's like, if, if they're not going to offer me a contract, I will gladly go elsewhere. And, there, there's always some weirdos in my mentions that go, well, Hunter, you know, who's going to pay him? Who, who's going to sign him just because he's not that good anymore? I'm like, guys, he was still a point-per-game player this year and had six points in seven games in the playoffs. Wow, he's not worth close to what he, he's been making the last eight years, which is $9.5 million. Some team is still going to give him a three- to four-year deal worth well over $6 million per year. It will probably be like 7 to 7.5. I, I 100% think he, he could get that on the free agent market. And I'll give you teams right off the bat. Carolina with Vincent Trocek going to the market. Colorado with Nazem Kadri going to the market. Um, Boston with Patrice Bergeron potentially retiring. I mean, there's three right there. Claude Giroux if he walks. There's four. Um, you know, there, there's, there's plenty more teams that could 100% go after Heck, Seattle if they wanted to because their center depth is not that good. There's, again, five right there that I named off the top of my head that could realistically, I think, make a play for Gino. Um, he, he did confirm that he wants to stay in Pittsburgh. This is his second home. He's loved the 16 years here. But, again, he is prepared to move his family if he has to, if he does not get the offer that he wants or you know, if the team wants to go in another, in another direction and bring in fresh blood. Again, you know, I tweeted this on my account, my Twitter account today. This should be a very easy negotiation for the Penguins. Elliot Freeman talked about this in his 32 Thoughts blog today. He said the teams, they agreed on the term, it sounds like, which was three years. They were far apart on money. I don't know how far apart on money these two have to be. I mean, he's not going to make $9 million next year. He's probably not going to make $8 million next year. You then have a pretty... Easy gap. If one side is offering, say, I don't know, six to six point five, say that's the team side, and Evgeny Malkin won seven to seven point five, you should be able to meet in the middle or maybe closer to the player side where you're able to get a deal done. Heck, this this was a funny thought that crossed my mind today. Cindy Crosby makes eight point seven million, right? Obviously, very underpaid. 
Um, <clears throat> he's also very superstitious. What if the Penguins did a three-year deal, seven point one million? I mean, I, I think I think I honestly do think Gino would take that because sure, it's a two point four million dollar like reducing in his pay, but. I think that's perfectly fine for where he is now. I mean, at least you're not the Capitals right now with Nicholas Backstrom with his 9.2 million, and we don't even know if he's going to be playing for his future. It, it sounds very much like almost like a Shea Weber situation where his hip is just really bothering him. You know, I, I know no one that listens to the show is a Capitals fan, but, you know, it's just for, for a player who's so good in Backstrom, no, no player should have to have his career potentially end that way. End that way. So I am hoping that he's able to get a good surgery and continue playing and, you know, get back to the Nicholas Backstrom that it used to be. Um, that said, you know, Malkin is not going to get that kind of money um, on his next contract. I, I think three times 7.1 is totally fine. For me, you know, my sweet spot, three times 6.5 to 7. I mean, if you can do three years, 18.5 million, three years, 19 to 20 million, I really do think Evgeny Malkin would potentially take that deal. Just because he's still getting decent money, he's already said that money is really not everything when it comes um, to this contract. You know, he's he still wants to support his family and be handsomely paid. But again, I am one hundred percent certain he would take a pay cut to stay here. Three times six point five, three times seven, three times seven point one, which is just awesome. Just because it's you know it's exactly what Sid did with his twelve year eight point seven million AAV when he signed that a long time ago. Um, I wouldn't 100% be on board for that. Again, Gino said he wants to play for another three to four years. Um, Freeman touched on his 32 thoughts blog today that it sounds like they want to tie that Gino con that Gino's contract if they sign him to SIDS because Crosby, um, <clears throat> his contract is up in three years. So in a perfect world, they would go out together, retire, you know, do whatever they want, or that you know they can work on one-year deals. At that point, Crosby spoke to the media today, said he's definitely going to finish out his contract here. And then after that, he will assess where he's at and he will make a decision on his playing future, whether it's here. I mean, it'll probably be here. He's not going to, I don't think he's going to play anywhere else or, you know, it's potentially retirement or something like that. But, you know, definitely, I guess a little scary comment just because Gino said, you know, he's prepared to move on from Pittsburgh if they want new blood in here and they don't want to pay him. Um, Again, I understand Evgeny Malkin is hated by a weird section of fans because you know I guess he's not living up to the contract um, the last year or two. And, and, and I, I get that side because, sure, he is not the player he once was. He's on the opposite side of 30 now. He's closer to 40. But, you know, <clears throat> he's still been a really good player throughout his career. I mean, again, he was a point-per-game player this year. If he made $6.5 to $7 this year, I don't think anyone bats an eye. I, I truly don't think that, you know, you don't see all this criticism and, and, you know, a lot of it, some of it is fair, but some of it I think is a lot, is just xenophobic just because he's from Russia. And I'll throw that word around, you know, lightly, just there, there are a lot of people that straight up do not like him just because you know he's, he's Russian and not Canadian. You know, again, if he was probably from uh, Canada, Evgeny, like, I don't know, if, Eugene, Mal, I, I don't know, some, some Canadian name that starts with an E or something like that. Um, I feel like some people wouldn't criticize him as much. I mean, he, he was third in the league this year among centers and takeaways per 60 minutes. That's according to CK404 response code. Um, so, you know, he, he's still a really good player that can make great plays. And I would like him back on this team uh, to finish out his career. It just, it doesn't feel right <clears throat> um, if, if he's not here uh, for the foreseeable future. 
Chris Letang, so he said he's not really going to discuss the contract negotiations in public. He said he has a deal with Ron Hextall with that. So, you know, there was a report. Um, I think it was from uh, Rossi from The Athletic, and, of course, he's come on the show, really nice guy. Um, he said that the Penguins have offered three years, $15 million. I don't really buy that because Elliot Friedman kind of put a wrench in that in his um, blog today and said the last he heard the Penguins offered Latang four years, a little under $7.25 million. So if I had to guess four years, 6.9, nice number, four years, 7 million, four years, 7.1. And Latang obviously said, no, rightfully so. He, he deserves to get paid. You know, he, he should, you know, seek out more money just because I believe, and I know he believes that he's outplayed that contract. Excuse me. So the question comes down to what number works for both the team and him. It's good that they already have, I think the term down 40 years, that's a sweet spot. Latang said he was he was able to play at least four to five more years. If you have to add a fifth year, I'm not really opposed to it. My plan, and I've said this throughout the season, my dream contract for him, four times eight. I think that's fine. He gets a nice raise. He gets into that $8 million figure. You give him the four years. That takes him to when he's about 38 years old. Um, I mean, 38, 39 years old, excuse me. And, you know, from there... Um, you know, he can decide if he wants to retire or if he maybe wants to sign a one or two year deal to finish his career in Pittsburgh. You know, he still has a lot of really good hockey, um, left, excuse me, had to, um, cough there for a second. I'm not going to do a full one on the, uh, (laughs) on the, on the episode here, but you know, it's just, again, it really should not be this hard. You bump Latang's AV up a little bit, you bump Geno's down a little bit, and voila. The two players obviously want to be here. Sidney Crosby talked to the media today and said, yeah, I want my boys back. I've played with them for 16 years. I've loved every second of it. He even laughed. I think I think it was Wes Crosby from NHL.com brought up the fact that Geno considers um, them his two brothers and brought up one's Canadian, one's French-Canadian. You know, there's just there's a special bond between these three that, you know, I just, I would love to see them finish their careers together. Again, I will say this for the 1400th time in this episode so far, these negotiations should really not be difficult. Like, what are we doing here? It's not like we're trying to sign them to six to seven to eight year terms. We're just trying, they're, they're trying to sign them to a three to four year contracts and get the number right. Alex Ovechkin, Nicholas Backstrom, they literally just had contract negotiations, and the Washington Capitals did it relatively with ease. The Penguins should be able to do the same here. I'm not going to sit live here in a world where this regime with Ryan Burke and Ron Hextall, they're going to lowball two of the best players to ever play for this franchise. At the end of the day, that's just that's unacceptable to me. I, I'm not going to live here and just you know have them be cheap towards two franchise uh, cornerstones. So those are my thoughts on Evgeny Malkin's and Crystal Tang's comments and what I would do with their contracts moving forward. Um, obviously, the contracts are – the negotiations are going to heat up. I mean, they have until July, plenty of time. Um, we'll, we'll see when there's news on that front. For right now, you know, still a bit quiet uh, to say the least. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to get into some of the, um, the other uh, – Quotes from some of the other players stay with locker room clean now, some of the injuries they dealt with and all that jazz. But before I get to that, imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing that was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That is what it's like to eat a birthday cake buff from Built. I just received mine from Built, and I've never had anything like this before. They're available right now, and we can't promise that they will be there tomorrow, so go get them today at Built.com. 
And if you haven't tried the puffs, I'll let you in on a little secret because that's what friends do. A chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. Yes, you heard me on that. They're deliciously flavored marshmallows. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. You can make every day your birthday with Built's Birthday Cake Puffs. Built has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake and robed in 100% white chocolate, and they've added sprinkles. You can go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order, and you can get birthday cake puffs right now if you do that. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the series Twitter, LO underscore Penguins. Of course, thank you so much for making Locked On Penguins podcast your first listen. Now, let's get into some of the other quotes um, that we saw today. Um, Brian Dumoulin, so we got his injury status, a grade three MCL tear. Um, at first thought, it looked like it happened with a hit with Ryan Reeves. Dumoulin said that was not the case. Um, it happened on the disallowed heedle goal. I was able to go back and watch the replay. Yeah, his knee slammed into the post. I didn't really notice him getting up gingerly after that. He was able to finish the game, took part in the morning skate. But um, once you know he wasn't playing, I'm like, okay, this has to be a significant injury. I mean, Sullivan said, yeah, he's progressing off the ice. But if he's not skating, uh, he's not skating. And at the end of the day, he was probably not even going to be available for this series. Um, and honestly, he may not have been available for the, the rest of this playoff run. Um, I hope Ryan Dumoulin is okay for the rest of the offseason. There's going to be a lot of questions surrounding him in his future with the team. Are they going to move him in his salary out just because of how bad he was down the stretch? It, it's a tough call. You know, there's going to be days. There's going to be plenty of days for me to touch on that topic um, for the offseason here just because uh, there's still so many more episodes until free agency. I have plenty of time to dissect that. And go deep into it, but right now, you know, I, I will definitely say there is a chance that he is not on this team next year. Uh, that said, I wish him the best in his recovery um, from that surgery. Other players, um, Jason Zucker. So he said he's not really going to dive into the injury. I poked around a little bit. I have been told it was a torn groin. Um, apparently, from what I can gather, it happened. It really happened during the late ed, the game against Edmonton towards the late stage of the regular season. Had to miss, I think, part of that game, and then came back for the playoffs. Well, played a little bit down the stretch, and obviously he was sitting on a freaking stool. Uh, he well, he couldn't even sit on the bench just because of how bad the injury was. Um, the fact that he was sitting on that stool definitely, I think, lines up with that injury. So uh, torn groin is definitely um, <clears throat> not to be trifled with. I think he said today he might be getting surgery. Um, he hasn't uh, fully consulted with the Penguins doctors yet. Um, you know, maybe they're going to let it heal. Maybe they won't, but that's a pretty serious injury. Props to Zulker for gutting that out. If it is indeed that injury, that's just from what I've been able to gather. Um, I thought he played his tail off in this series. Just absolutely ridiculous shift to shift. I know he wasn't rewarded with a goal, but you know, I thought his floor checking, his defensive play was through the roof. And if there's anyone that, um, that didn't score, that deserved a score, he was one of those players, to say the least. Um, Casey DeSmith, he spoke to the media today. So <clears throat> apparently he said that he had been dealing with a groin injury for the last six weeks going into game one. And that timeline, right around the trade deadline, and I, obviously I did see a lot of people question, like, why didn't Ron Hexel go out and get a goalie? My question is, did Casey DeSmith tell the team about this injury. He didn't really say that at the press conference. I don't really think anyone asked, but that is the big question I have about that. 
did he say anything to the Penguins doctors? Yeah, I've been battling something on the trade line. You know, maybe if they want to go out and get a goalie here, I can maybe get the surgery and all that. But no, he played down the stretch, looked pretty good in a lot of the games. He did not even look banged up, at least to me, looked pretty good. <clears throat> um, excuse me, in game one. And then DeSmith said he made a movement in the double overtime and he said he felt his whole hip and his groin go at once. He said it was a very easy decision to pull himself out of the game. I knew my season was done at that point. I, You could definitely see him limping off the ice in that regard. Um, at first I thought, again, I think we all thought it was a cramp, um, you know, just because the game had been going on for so long. But um, once we saw, you know, once Sullivan said it was an injury, I was like, oh, uh, it was day to day. And then it came out. Um, he had to have hernia surgery or core muscle surgery. Uh, just a really brutal injury for DeSmith. Obviously came at the worst time. And again, I was I was surprised that he did say, <clears throat> excuse me, that he had been battling it for six weeks. Because again, if he did tell the Penguins management and they didn't go out and get a goalie, that is a big failure. I will 100% stand by that. That's not good enough. There were goalies out there on the market that they could have had. Um, if they knew about that and they decided to roll with Louis Deming in that case, um, that that's not good enough, um, at least for me. You know, that's just that's my opinion, though. At least, uh, Kasperi Kampen, he talked to the media today. He said, you know, I want, I need to get my confidence back, get the swagger I used to have. I don't think it was there this year. Yeah, Kasperi, I don't think anything with your game is this year. I don't think you're probably going to get your confidence back. With the Penguins, I mean, I see a, a, a one to five percent chance he's back. I, I do not see whoever this regime is. If Brian Burke and Ron Hextall are back, is of course the Penguins' ownership. I think they're really, um, <clears throat> excuse me, diving really deep into the team here. Um, you know, if, if they are back, and you know, right now all signs point to them being back. Um, I just can't see them bringing Kapanen back, and you know, they didn't even really acquire him in the first place. They really have no loyalty to him. Um, this is a player that needs to go, I think, to another team to really get his confidence back. Um, that, that's my opinion. Brock McGinn, he said today he took full responsibility for the play. He said it's a tough break. I, I'm going to have to live with it. Um, I have to get the puck uh, to get the puck deep and not turn it over. That's 100% my bad. Great that he owned up to it. Up to it. And again, you know, just a really stupid, I'm not going to say a fully selfish play. I guess in a way it was a little selfish, but just a, a dumb play by him <clears throat> um, in that situation. Brian Rust, he spoke to the media today. He said, I would love to return. I love it in Pittsburgh. It's, it holds a special place in my heart. He said he's not going to try to rob anyone in contract talks. Again, in my opinion, I personally think Rust is gone. I don't see any way in hell the Penguins bring him back. This is a player that is going to get a lot of term. He's going to get a lot of money, and rightfully so. He deserves it. He's outperformed that that contract that Jim Rutherford gave him after the couple cups. Um, you know, this is a player that you know he's a, a twenty a twenty plus goal scorer in the league. He's almost been close to a point per game player the, the last couple of years. This is a very good player. Um, and you know, I, again, I, I can see uh, one team, especially the Detroit Red Wings, ponying up a lot of money to get him. <coughs> Damn, I'm again every time I do this podcast, I just the, the cough just comes back. But. Um, you know, it's just I, I, I'm going to wish him the best of luck. I'm operating under the assumption that he is not going to be back. Um, make sure to say the least. Um, that wraps up this segment. Coming up in the final segment, we're going to get into a couple of other players, oh, the last couple of players that I really want to hit home with exit day interviews, and just a couple of thoughts on you know Fenway Sports Group, you know what, what they could be doing right now when it comes to decisions and all that. But before 
I do get to that. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs and Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. You can head to the website today or use your phone to learn more about the trends in action. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, at Eleanor Sword Penguins. So, the final two players I want to get to, Evan Rodriguez and Ricard Raquel. And at this point, I think they're in my must-re-sign categories. Raquel, if Brian Rust walks in, there's a very high likelihood that he will, you have to replace his production. The Penguins, I don't know how much salary cap space they're going to have. When this free agency opens, they can create some by moving a couple players out. Obviously, in a perfect world, you want Crystal Tang and Evgeny Malkin signed, and they will have the cap room to do it. If they have the cap room right now, or they, if they've had the cap room these last several years with 9.5 for Malkin and 7.25 million for Latang, they will have the cap room for whatever those two players want. At the end of the day, that's how I see it. And teams, they, they, they can work around the salary cap as they wish. You know, it's it's a myth. You know, teams they 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 figure out ways to fit all their players under their cap. I don't want to hear that the cap is an excuse and all that. You can figure it out. That is why the general managers make the big bucks. That is why they have salary cap wizard people telling them what to do and all this stuff. And that's that, that's how I see it. But Raquel, he even said, you know, he wants to return to Pittsburgh. He thought he played some of the best hockey of his life here. Um, I would love to bring him back. What I would do personally, three to four year deal. If you can get close to what maybe Brandon Saad gets, which I think is what four point five million per, you know, <clears throat> you know, anywhere in that four to four point five million range, I say do it. I wouldn't do. I don't think five to six million. I also don't think Raquel is going to ask for that. Um, I, I would definitely bring him back. Um, outside of Chris Letang and Evgeny Malkin, he is my number one priority. That after those two, it's him. Um, you know, it, the Gensel Crosby Raquel line was absolutely sensational. Um, once when when it was together, I mean, their underlying numbers, their expected goals for was ridiculous. Shot attempts per sixty, scoring chances, high danger chances, everything about that line was just truly awesome. So um, I would love to have him back. He was a seamless fit on that line, just a seamless fit on the team. So he seemed to really enjoy being here. Um, I would one hundred percent bring him back. I just I hope that's not for just a rental. Evan Rodriguez, he is also a player I would love to have back. I, I'm wondering if you can get him for three to three point five million per, just because I know he started out the regular season um hot and then faded away at the halfway point, found his mojo again towards the late stage of the regular season, played really well in the playoffs, looked like first half Evan Rodriguez. The fact the biggest thing is though, you know, what you know, what version are you gonna get him for a full 82 games? Is this how it's going to be? If he signs a multi-year contract here, that I think is the big question. What I would do, maybe a two or three year deal for Rodriguez, three to 3.5 for him. I'm not playing paying for, um, I will say that. I think three to 3.5, you know, 3.25 is maybe the sweet spot, three if he can. Um, that, that's personally what I would do. I mean, he, he did not make a lot of money this year. I almost think he was below a million, if I'm not mistaken. So obviously he's going to get a raise, rightfully so. He had a ridiculous year. But, you know, I, again, I would maybe do, Three years, nine million. Three years, ten million. Something like that for Rodriguez. I, I think that could get done. If he again, if he's asking for four, I mean, even three point seven five. I don't really know if I'm going to pay that. Um, in my opinion, but again, he is also another player outside of the big two. You know, Raquel and Rodriguez. I would a hundred percent 
want back. I think those are the four players the Penguins should prioritize going into free agency. Number one should be Latang. Number two should be Malkin. Number three, Raquel. Number four, Rodriguez. That is how I see it. Let me know if you disagree. Com- uh, let me know down in the comments on YouTube. You know, you can DM me on Twitter. Tell me what you think you would do for the team this summer. Um, you know, th- that's that. That's my take on that. Um, finally, um, I was going to talk about Mike Matheson and how um, he said he basically said Todd Reardon was the best coach he's ever had for his career because he basically instilled confidence in him. And, you know, that made me really happy because. Um, I, I, you know, I think we all could see the improvement in his game this year. It was very evident to say the least. Um, finally, so <clears throat> I was listening to, um, DK's daily shot of penguins this morning. I, I, you know, even though I do a daily shot, even though I do a daily episode of the penguins, you know, I'll always listen to other podcasts around the 412 DK's daily shot, you know, 32 thoughts, all these other podcasts. And he made a great point, you know, just, you know, Fenway sports group, they're going to fully evaluate this team. They've only been here for a few months. Now that they just, you know, the team blew a 3-1 lead and they've lost two years in a row, where what do they want to do in the future? Elliot Friedman wrote in his 32 thoughts today and said, you know, the, the ownership group, they are heavily big on data and analytics. That's where they, they base a lot of their decisions off of, and they want the best of the best people, you know, running the team. Um, <clears throat> it sounds like there could be a, a team president uh, potentially coming soon. I'm not sure. It may not be from someone that's worked in the NHL before. You know, they want the best of the best and they want their um, decisions based on data, which again, you know, that's fine with me. You know, it's a very progressive movement. It's that's where the game and I think in all of their decisions are going, you know, maybe they want a mini Kyle Dubas as a general manager. I'm not sure. But, you know, again, I wouldn't be surprised if Ron Hextall and Brian Burke are back. I also would not be surprised if John Henry, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see, you know, it, you know, he, him, him and all of his other people that work with him at the top, they're going to do a thorough review and they're going to decide where they want to take this organization in the future. And, you know, if they don't believe that Burke and Hextall can lead them where they want this team to go at a very pivotal point in this franchise's history, I'm sure they will have no problem dismissing them because again, you know, they weren't here when David Morehouse and Mario Lemieux and Ron Burko hired them after Jim Rutherford abruptly quit on the franchise. So we'll have to see. Um, it's definitely an interesting thought to, to think about. Um, Ron Hextall and Brian Burke, they did not speak to the media today. Um, last year, Hextall took a few days to really, I think, I guess, compose himself and then gave his thoughts. I believe it was four days after the season ended. We'll see if there's immediate availability tomorrow. It's probably not going to be until later this week, if I had to guess. Um, you know, when, when he does make comments, you all will be the first to know what he said. So very pivotal point here in the Penguins franchise history. And we'll see what the Fenway sports group decides to do. If they make changes, um, I'm sure they're going to try to do it sooner rather than later, especially with free agency coming up. And oh yeah, the big decisions with Evgeny Malkin um, and Crystal Tang. So that'll do it for this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. We're you know, obviously we're still in off season mode. We're going to start the player review soon. I'm going to review, I think the offensive players first, then maybe do some of the defensive players. Then I think do the goaltending. Um, now we're still five days a week until free agency. So I'll have another one of these on Wednesday. Um, thank you all so much for listening. And I will talk to you all then. Have a wonderful evening.